Welcome to the Business of Innovation podcast, featuring in-depth stories from innovators within leading local and global organizations, brought to you by the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub at the Clemson University MBA. I'm Gail DePriest, and it's my pleasure today to be podcasting with Michael, who's one of my former students and uh, one of my favorite people ever. Uh, So I'm so glad that he could join me today. And I'm going to ask him to tell you a little bit about his organization. He is the CEO and co-founder of his organization. I didn't say that right. It's founder, right? Co-founder. Yeah, co-founder. No, you're right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and co-founder, and uh, so Michael, tell us about your company. Yeah, so um, I am the co-founder and CEO of Tested HQ. We're an end-user product research company, basically focusing on helping companies develop products more targeted toward their, toward their end users and giving them that data during the product development process. So when a product launches, they know there's immediate product market fit upon launch. Beautiful, and you know that it's such a unique um, field or space that you're in. How did you come to be uh, in that space? So I spent many years at some of the largest consumer product companies in the world developing products for them and just understanding and becoming an expert on the product development process. Mm -hmm. And through that, I just saw the opportunities to really kind of get the end user involved earlier. So you really were, Mm -hmm. it was almost thoughtful product development where you were going to kind of taking into account the, the, the desires of your end user at the very beginning so that you knew when your product launched and it went to the shelf that you'd have almost an immediate product market fit. Wow. And um, you, um, how did you get the courage to jump out there and actually start your organization? Oh, man. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. Since, since I knew what kind of having your own business was in middle school, it's always something I wanted to do. But I never knew the seriousness of it until, you know, I kind of got past college. And um, a big part of it, I, I tried starting a company before I ended up getting my MBA at Clemson. And it just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know enough about mm-hmm. anything and so um, I ended up doing the MBAE program at Clemson, and that's what really helped me lay the groundwork, lay the foundation, and get the confidence to have the knowledge to start a company and build a company. And then when I graduated, I wasn't quite ready. I was still scared. I was still <laughs> afraid of what could happen and stuff like that. So I held off for another year. I went to go work in the corporate world for another year, but then uh, October of 2020, so you know, mid-pandemic, yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> I just, I had a really great opportunity and it was either shut down Tested HQ, which I was doing on the side or, you know, leave my job. And I decided to make the leap and the rest is history at this point. We're um, going on two years of business and for, for mm-hmm. me full time. And we just hired our ninth employee uh, this past Monday. So we are doing really, really good. <laughs> That's phenomenal. So it's yep. going on two years yep. since you've been doing it. And um, I know how passionate you are about this field. And and now that you have nine people working with you, what, what do you feel like is the most gratifying thing about the work you do? I think it's the people. And I think it's just being able to connect different people. You know, the especially where we work, we, we spend a lot of time right now in the, the power tools, construction spaces. Those are a lot of our customers that we mm-hmm. work with. And it's, it's a very corporate environment trying to design products for a very kind of rough and ready environment in the contractors and job sites and the construction sites. And so connecting people that are just very, from very different backgrounds, very different demographics and, you know, being that conduit that allows information to pass between the two in order to, you know, for the betterment of the trades, for the betterment of the products being designed is really fun. And then obviously working with all my team and my people is incredibly gratifying. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the fact that everybody has different opinions 
and contributes different ideas to the company and just seeing the passion on somebody's face when they presented an idea to the company and we're like, let's do it. That's a great idea. Yeah. That working with the people, the people I work with both on a customer and on a user standpoint, and as well as my people, I think is just the most absolutely gratifying part. And it sounds like for anyone listening and, and thinking that they want to be an entrepreneur, you really started as more of an intrapreneur. For sure. Yeah. I worked in um, corporate world doing innovation for um, large companies, for products, for consumer products, actually mm -hmm. started in sales, then moved into product development, then moved into product development, but focused on innovation. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely started um, on that kind of innovation streak, but doing it for a company before I kind of made the leap and became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And now you have, and it's been about um, two years, you, you said that what was most gratifying really was the people and the coming together and, you know, the, the, all of that synergy. What, what is one of your biggest challenges right now? I think the biggest challenge is, and it's something that, you know, you want to happen early when you have a company is trying to go really fast, but also trying to slow down. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when we started the company, it was myself and my co-founder and business partner, Austin Clark. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we both knew the processes. We knew we, we knew how to approach customers. We knew the process to get the data for customers and, you know, work with end users and things like that. But you know, in order to grow, you need people and you have to divest those, you know, resources from yourself and bring in people to kind of champion certain parts of your organization. Mm -hmm. And we, we're both we're both fast thinking people. We, we you know, we like to go, go, go. And so doing that, but also taking the time to slow down and, you know, make sure our people know the processes and understand why things are done in a certain way and why, mm -hmm. you know, we go about doing things. It's tough. You want you want to go fast. But <laughs> you, you don't want to leave your people behind. And yeah. so that's been that's been a lot of. The learning is just making sure, you know, our team is as confident as we are when it comes to selling to customers and completing projects and, you know, doing things. Um, so just making sure you kind of slow down at the right times while keeping everything moving, I say, was the, one of the biggest challenges we faced. So what I heard you just say is kind of that tactical process and checking those lists while continuing to innovate, which is probably the part that really excites you oh, yeah. and keeping kind of both of those things going. For sure. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that's why we kind of fell into the roles. Austin is very, he's, he's an engineer by trade, so he's very process driven. He likes mm -hmm. good, clean processes and keeping everything organized. I'm, I'm a creative man. I'm, I'm a, uh -huh. my brain goes a mile a minute. I'm all over the place. I'm throwing mm -hmm. new ideas at people. And so, you know, taking that time to consciously and thoughtfully slow down mm -hmm. for the benefit of my team and my people. Cause you know, people is one of the most important things to me in life mm -hmm. is just being a good, good steward and a good human in general. So mm -hmm. making sure I slow down and making sure my team is prepared to deal with the challenges that we see every day, deal with the projects and uh, you know, things we have to overcome is something that, you know, I had to really work on teaching myself. Sure. And you know, I know how important uh, culture would be to you because of the type of person that you are. So now you have your organization, you're doing the product development, you've got all your clients and you're building relationships there, but then you're creating a culture. And it sounds like you're staying very mindful of what that culture is like. For sure. That is absolutely crucial to me. I've worked in very high pressure environments, very high pressure corporations where results are everything. Mm -hmm. And I did not want that to be the experience my employees had. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it is possible in this day and age to have a very fast growing software tech startup but not, you know, churn and burn through people or, you know, push people too hard. It's possible to have mm -hmm. fun and just, you know, I found that when you're openly passionate with your employees and they see how excited you are about what they've done, what we're doing as mm -hmm. a company, 
it's just as much of a motivator as if I was, you know, some stern person saying, hey, we got to do this, 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 just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that it's infectious. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> once I get talking, it's hard for me to stop, but then it gets my empl- my team talking yeah. and it gets them contributing. And, you know, we we value everybody's opinion equally. When we sit down and do brainstorms about the company, everybody has a say from our newest employee all the way up to mm-hmm. our longest tenured employee and even Austin and I. And I, I would not rather have it any other way because each each person in this world, each anybody in this world looks at things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And me and I'm never going to be one to think that I know everything about every little thing. So understanding and seeing things from their perspectives are incredibly important to me. And I think it's incredibly important to the the growth of a business. I'm going to ask you, uh, one of the first things I, I, I remember in meeting you is, is you were very open that um you, uh, you are, you, you're someone who really takes good care of your health and you've worked hard to, uh, maintain your resilience through challenging times in your life. And I know that will spill into your culture. And I think other cultures are looking at that now too. Things can be stressful after two years of COVID, uh, other things are going on that make people feel stressed. How do you, how do you think about resilience when you think about your employees or any advice? I think, Putting things in perspective is really important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've had a lot of health challenges in my life, um, you know, one of which just, I mean, I ran into a situation where someone, a doctor told me I was dying at 25. So like, it was, mm-hmm. it was tough. I mean, you, you don't expect to hear that. And I had to make a lot of life decisions, including basically putting an end to the career I was doing at the time, which was a super fast tracked career. Um, ended up losing the relationship at a time where I was, you know, shopping for rings for this person to potentially get engaged to this person. And I had to leave Greenville and move to a different city for another job. So everything in my life came crashing down. And I learned a lot about myself in those moments and just never giving up as kind of cheesy as it sounds. A lot of ways is, is not necessarily like, you know, never quitting in a sense, but just always believing that, you know, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You have to, you know, continue to push yourself, continue to, Find positivity in what you're doing, because as human beings, sometimes, especially, you know, with all the noise that happens in the world, it's very easy to be negative and it's Mm -hmm. very easy to have that fear of missing out, that Mm -hmm. feeling of, you know, being left out. But if you really are deliberate about being positive and looking for the positive, even if it's the smallest little thing, like even if it I'm I'm in a pitch with a customer, it's a big customer. And they at the end of the pitch, they tell me no, like they're like, no, we're not interested. Sorry. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'll still look at that and be like. I feel like I did that pitch really well. Like, I feel like I hit my slides really well. I think I was really cohesive in the way I pitched that. Like, I really enjoyed the way I pitched it, even though the customer said no. And, you know, it's not going to be an opportunity for us. Finding the positivity in that is incredibly impactful and just does so much for your mental health and really is that driver for resilience. It's just continuing to stay positive when, you know, you you want to be negative. I'm really glad you went there because I was going to ask you about a time that you failed and how did you recover? And I'm I'm actually kind of hearing the philosophy of 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 that. But but if there was a way that you would share. Yeah, that. Um, So I think I mean, I think it's different for me in answering that question just because I didn't fail. I I failed, but like I couldn't control that failure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was very sick. Doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. I went to go see doctor after doctor after doctor. And finally, I went to go see a doctor in Atlanta who told me, hey, you're dying, but I can fix you. And I was like, okay, that's awesome to hear. And it was just crazy. In a span of 
gosh, man, in a span of 24 hours, 48 hours, my life just changed. Everything I ate changed. The, you know, my relationship with my significant other myself changed. My career changed. Everything just kind of came crashing down. And it just felt like I wanted to blame myself or blame something that I could have done that prevented yeah. it. But I mean, it was all out of my control. Everything was out of my control at that point. And it was just, it was crazy because like at that point you can only, you know, you can only go up. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite quotes is um, from Batman, the, uh, the Batman Begins trilogy. And uh, it was from Alfred, um, but it was Alfred talking to Bruce Wayne. He said, Mr. You know, Mr. Wayne, what do we do when we fall? And you, you get back up. Like you just, you just do. I mean, I've, I played sports my entire life. I use a lot yeah. of sports analogies with my team, yeah. but like, it's the same thing. Like if you get knocked down in sports, you just get back up and keep uh -huh. fighting. Uh -huh. um, just because you never know when things are going to turn in your favor. Mm -hmm. So you just always have to be like, you know, keeping that positivity, keeping that mentality going. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, thing, things will change if you put yourself in the mindset to want them to change for the good. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And and so um, so that it sounds like you learned so much from that period of, of time in your life. And 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 really, I think it influenced you for the better as you move forward. You um, you, you went ahead and got your MBA. Uh, fast forward, you're now engaged. You'll be getting married in November and you've created your own business that you're CEO of. So uh, what a cool pivot that, yeah, that you did. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, so that must feel really good to kind of look back with this perspective and think about kind of the, the sort of mindset that you had to, it makes me think of the quote where it's not, you know, 10% is what happened, but 90% is what you did with what happened yeah, to you. hundred percent. That's kind of what I'm hearing from your story. Yeah. I mean, just looking back, I had, I had a moment like that a few nights ago. Um, I just was kind of, I wasn't feeling, I was feeling kind of down. I just, had a really busy weekend this past weekend, so I didn't get as much time unwind as I wanted. And so, like, I just was, and I just, I, I had these moments of reflection where I'll just, you know, be sitting on the couch or, you know, doing something after work at the end of the day. And just, I, I just, I just think about that point in my life and look at where my life is now. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just wild. I mean, it's just absolutely wild how literally everything changed. Like, everything that could have changed, changed. Yeah. And... I just, I can't even like picture what it would have been like if it hadn't changed. Like everything that happened, happened for the good. At the time, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. no, no way. Um, I just, I remember when I, cause I moved to Nashville to, for that, for the next job, next career move. Um, and I just remember like, cause I lived alone in Nashville at my own apartment. I just remember like sitting on the couch at night and just being so mad at like, felt like everything was falling apart around me. And yeah. uh, little did I know like what was coming. And that was, uh, that that I still use that moment and that time of my life as just something to help me keep my perspective mm -hmm. at all times. How did you make the decision to go for the Clemson MBA? <laughs> so um, I'm going to give my mom a shout out for this one. Uh, <laughs> that was that was super. Uh, so my parents both, uh, you know, were in the corporate world. My dad still, you know, lives in the corporate world. My mom did it for a long time um, before my older, older sister, older sister was born and then she, you know, quit to take care of the three of us. And, um, so as soon as I graduated from undergrad in 2014, they were both just like, cause they both have advanced degrees. They're like, so when does grad school start? I was like, wow. ah, like, let's put, put the brakes on that. Like, I want to go make some money. Like I want to understand what it's like to work in the world before I start grad school. So they kept buying me the GMAT books and like, you know, over and over like, Hey, like, you know, let's start applying to grad schools every year. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> 
I, I it's 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 the competitive in me that like I wanted to succeed without, you know, feeling like I needed to to go get another degree in a lot mm-hmm. of sense. And so I was kind of like anti MBA, anti advanced degree for a while. But mm-hmm. then, you know, um, I was visiting Greenville back home, visiting Greenville from Nashville one weekend. And my mom and I were having breakfast in the kitchen and she picked up the Greenville Journal and there was an ad for the MBA mm-hmm. program at Clemson. And she's like, hey, like. Because at the time I was trying to start a, another software business because like, I've always had this goal to start a business. And uh, she's like, hey, why don't you call them? Like you, you're struggling with a lot of like business related stuff you don't know how to do. Like this is an entrepreneur MBA. Yeah. This might be really good for you. And so I called up. I was like, okay, fine. Like I was like, all right, I'll call them. You know, and so I called and I got to hear about the program from mm-hmm. it was Jamie, one of the uh, admissions uh, ladies, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and I was hooked, man. And, you know, they, and it was great. It was a really great opportunity at that point. And it was, it was applied education, which is, I'm a yes. huge fan. I'm a huge yes. fan of applied education. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, sometimes the process of going to college and stuff like that is, is too like pushed in this world unless it's applied. And that's mm-hmm. what I loved about that program. And it made, everything made sense. Everything connected, every course I could relate back to my business and the, mm-hmm. the building blocks I was putting together. And, you know, once, you know, we graduated, I, I felt like I had enough there to start a business. Now I wasn't there yet mentally and personally, like I still Mm -hmm. was dealing with that fear, which was a a fun thing to, to get over once I got over it. Um, but I definitely, I felt like, I just felt like I had the tools to build a business, which was awesome because, you know, I didn't just want to go get another degree. I wanted to learn how to start a business, which was fantastic. Wonderful. Well, I, I, I think we always appreciate the fact that you come back to the school and you seek advice. Uh, it's almost like you've pulled us in as you know, part of your board. You, you seek advice depending on what you need advice for. You really have, uh, have taken advantage of, you know, the, the people that were your professors and, and cared about you and have cheered you on and watched you. And we just couldn't be more thrilled with what you're doing. Um, I have to ask you, as, as people are listening to you and going, wow, look what he did. And, you know, even coming back from the brink of something that was kind of bad and then turning everything around and now launching a business well into it for two years. What what does innovation mean to you? What would you say to someone who who wants to be more creative and maybe want to innovate in, a, in their current workspace or in another, you know, or start a business? I think there's a couple things that um, innovation is a, is, a, is a crazy word um, because you know, working in a very like fast moving corporate product development company, which is where I came from, we use innovation all the time. Anytime we came out with a new tool or release a new product, it was, in, it was, it was innovative in some way. It was, in, we always put that word in the box in a lot of times. And mm-hmm. I think, it, I think you got to break it down into kind of two categories of innovation. There's incremental innovation. There's what I call disruptive innovation in a lot of ways. And so the incremental innovation is improving. Like it's, it's improving a product. Like if you, you know, worked for a company, you know, let's say a manufacturer and you saw a process that you thought was inefficient or, you know, and you found a way to improve that. You found to write some software or use AI like that's you, you innovated it like you made it happen. You you made it better. You you, you pushed it forward. Disruptive is just that game changing. The the SpaceX's of the world, the Amazon's world, something that just really moves the needle that really like just, you know, puts everybody to jump ahead. And then, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, the world tries to catch up in a lot of ways. So something that's innovative before it's time. And I think in terms of finding innovation and finding something to innovate, I think it's the biggest thing I would say is just having an open mind to the world. Like you have to, if you're closed minded and like, you know, you think this is how the world is and this is it. 
I think that really is a, is a detriment to being innovative and being creative, especially like if you, I mean, there's so much I don't understand still. There's so much I'm obsessed with learning about. Um, I feel like every day I find something that I could easily just get down a rabbit hole and just want to, <laughs> want to look at and think about. But I think innovation is, you know, having that open mind and the way to innovate. Cause I struggle with it. I mean, even when I was at the, the, you know, test at HQ didn't, present itself as an idea to me until halfway through the MBAE. Like I was stressing. I was, I, I was like, I, I wanted, I had this massive amount of will and this just massive desire to start a business and be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like lost in the sense of, I didn't know where the idea was. I didn't yeah. feel like I had the idea. And I was just throwing darts at the wall, making things happen until yeah. finally, um, it was professor, it was uh, Joe who sat down with uh -huh. lunch with me and was like, Hey, like, what about this? Like, you kind of have the experience doing yeah. this. And I was like, oh, I never thought of that. And so. Wow. Love it. Yeah. I think discovering it is is gathering other people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned, I mean, I still, you know, come to you for advice, Dr. Klein, Joe, like all these people um, I still talk to because they see things from a different perspective, from different experiences. And that will help you solve problems and move forward and, mm -hmm. and find the things that you want to innovate or understand more about innovation uh, going forward. I love that you said that because so many times it's there for the asking, but people don't ask, yep. you know, but it's there for you. And the conversations yeah. can really help you find it. Um, you touched on this, but I would love to know uh, what you're curious about now, because I know that you, <laughs> <laughs> you're you interested in a lot of things. Yeah, um, it's so many things. Um, <laughs> I, I am always I'm just a curious person. I love diving into the details on things that are incredibly interesting. Um Things on the list right now, um, affordable housing, like the future of affordable housing Ooh, is something. I have a buddy from college who's doing some really innovative stuff that I'm kind of keeping track of and would might might get in on a little bit. Um, podcasting, something. I'm helping my Yay. brother start a podcast, helping my dad start a podcast and helping him build a more of a social media presence for his brand. Um, that's something I'm passionate about. And then also starting my own podcast, potentially. Um, and then, uh, disc golf. I mean, I'm so, I love playing disc golf, but I've just recently got into like the mechanics and the biomechanics of it and how to efficiently use the body to throw a piece of plastic and stuff like that. So mm. that's just a short list. I mean, there's, there's a million other things that pique my curiosity throughout the day. Are you still formulating ideas for your podcast or is it something you'd want to talk about yet? I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. Uh -huh. I think, you know, for me, and I talked about earlier, people is so important to me, just people and, and getting in people's heads. Like mm -hmm. what, what makes people tick? What's their perspectives, their perspectives on curia curiosity, innovation, product development, just their own personal lives and their own personal mantras. And so right now the title I'm sitting on is called in their heads. And I just want to talk to people that mm -hmm. are interesting and, are, and who have, who are passionate about a certain topic and why mm -hmm. they're passionate about it and what drives that passion, what drives that creativity, what drives that hunger mm -hmm. And just kind of going through different things like that, like understanding, you know, what the source of people's creativity is and, you know, how people's like process for creativity changes from an artist to an entrepreneur to, mm -hmm. you know, an engineer and understanding just, you know, how how the the wonderfully complex and interesting thing that is the human brain works in different scenarios and how we're just all wired differently. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly interesting to me to have two almost exact conversations with two different people and just get completely different responses. Yeah. And that's wild. So that's fascinating. I can't wait to see when yeah. you do that. I can't wait. Um, tell me this, what is maybe the best advice you ever received? Oh man, a few. Um, 
I don't know where I got it from. I want to say a couple of them are from my dad for sure. I mean, he's been a role model for me, like with this whole business and starting a career and being a, a business leader. Um, I don't know if this came from him, but I saw it somewhere. But one of the biggest pieces of advice that I've ever seen in starting being an entrepreneur, pretty sure it's a quote I got from somewhere, is play to your strengths and hire your weaknesses. Yeah. So it's very easy when you start a business and it's your baby and you're mm -hmm. an entrepreneur to become obsessed with learning and mastering every single aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's possible. I'm not ever going to say anything's impossible because anything is possible in this world. Um, but if you want to grow quickly, you want to grow aggressively and you want to really, really change the world in an impactful way, you can't just, you can't try to control everything. You have to bring in people that you trust, people who have a different perspective and look at things and who mm -hmm. are wired differently than you. Um, and that has been incredibly impactful because, you know, I started tests at HQ and, you know, it is also not as baby, but like, you know, we start seeing other people add to it and it's tough sometimes like letting go of the control and be like, no, nope, like I'm going to let this person run this meeting. Like yeah. I don't need to, you know, be up on this, but, um, but it, it's one of the biggest things. And I think the other one, um, especially from a sales perspective. And when I first started out, um, my dad uh, told me this one was definitely for my dad. He's like, when you think about it, when you, when you're down the dumps, just remember, you know, and you're, and you're scared to go pitch somebody or sell to someone. He's like, the worst I can tell you is no. Mm -hmm. That's that's the, literally the worst they can do. They're not going to like, you know, you know, tear you up. They're not going to, you know, mm -hmm. demean you. They're just going to tell you no. And then you just move on like that's it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, putting that in perspective, especially from a sales perspective, when you're pitching new customers and you're on stage pitching investors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's a lot less intimidating when you realize no is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. So. And, and there's a, there are the times that no is a starting point. Yeah. You know, if you know why it's a no, maybe yeah. it's not a no six months from now or yeah. depending on what else. Um, I'm curious about um, as you um, as you as you I know that you read a lot of things, you look at a lot of things. Is there a book or uh, anything that you're reading right <laughs> now or a podcast or something that you would point our listeners to that? you? Um, I've been very much on the documentary kick right oh, now. Okay. Um I do love several podcasts. Uh, How I Built This with Guy Raz is one of my all-time favorites. Okay. Um, listen to that one a lot. I listen to other couple like more niche podcasts, but uh, love documentaries of people pushing their limits. Um, one of which, which is super, super uh, impactful is it's called 14 Peaks. Um, it's amazing. It's about a Nepalese uh, climber. Well, I mean, we wouldn't even call him a climber. He was... Uh, he was a Gurkha, which is a Nepalese soldier in the British Army, mm -hmm. and he was British Special Forces. But he decided he was going to climb all 14 8,000-meter peaks, which are, you know, there's only 14 of them in the world, Mount Everest being one of them, in seven months, when the previous record was seven years, um, which is wild. Um, it's like running a marathon. Um, like It's like saying you're going to mar run a marathon in 10 minutes. It's wild. It's, you know, he... Everybody, when he first started trying to raise money to do this, because he no one was paying him to do this, he wanted to raise money and like use it to show people that anything is possible. He called it Project Possible because everybody kept, kept calling it impossible. But it's mm -hmm. amazing, amazing uh, podcast about resilience. It's amazing podcast about pushing your limits. Amazing podcast about putting things in perspective when you feel like all the pieces are going against you. Um, sorry, not podcast, documentary. Um, that one's really good. Free Solo is an amazing podcast. I, there are a, couple, a lot of them are mountain climbing ones just because mm -hmm. that's the current thing. Um, and then book-wise, 
Oh man, there's so many that I've I've read recently. Um, cannot remember the one off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it, but that's number one in my head. I'm reading Traction right now, which is a really good book. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fiance actually recommended it to me about just business organization and like you know building a cohesive you know, uh, efficient business organization. So that's a, that's a really good one. Um, flags of our fathers was something that's always been really important to me about the, the soldiers who raised the flag in Iwo Jima. That was always one that has always resonated with me throughout my years of just, you know, continue to resilience and pushing yourself because I really, I'm a huge believer in positivity, huge believer in just pushing yourself, you know, as much as possible in a, in a healthy way. Um, mindset wise to, you know, really like see the good in everything that is happening. Love that. Thank you. And, you know, as you were talking and I was thinking about the fact that you launched your business about two years ago, which was right at the beginning of um, the onset of COVID, how did that affect your business? Because clearly you had to be resilient and you had to run this course and you had to stay engaged and keep your people. How did that work out? It was scary. Um, And it's wild because you know, especially the way COVID hit, I mean, with the shutdowns and I mean, it was very, very life changing. I mean, I'm I'm still that's one of the things that going back to what's curious, I'm curious about now is the it's something that my dad's been doing a lot of talking on on his YouTube channel um, is just the post COVID world in terms of retail and shopping. But mm-hmm. just for me, human wise, I mean, because like now my entire team is remote. We I mean, most people are here in Greenville, but mm-hmm. I mean, I see them, you know, in person in our office once or twice a month, typically. I mean, okay. I'll have lunches with them yeah. and stuff like that, but it's wild. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. my my brother-in-law works in a, for an engineering firm, and now, you know, when people, when they hire new candidates, like part of what the candidate negotiates is I want to spend three days at home and two days in the yeah. office, which it's wild. That was not even a thing, like when yeah. I was when I was working yeah. in the corporate world. <laughs> so that, that's that been wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely scary, but I guess... One, it played to our hand in our business because, you know, a lot of companies were spending a lot less time in the field with users because of the pandemic. And we, you know, put the safeguards in place to be able to do that and communicate with users and and connect users with customers in a safe way during the pandemic. So that that helped us get ahead in a lot of ways. Um, And then also, I think it really helped you know, me get over the fear of starting a business as crazy as it sounds, because, you know, when I, I, the biggest thing that stopped me from starting earlier was fear. I mean, that was it straight up. I was scared. I was just like, I, you know, how am I going to make money? How am I going to, you know, pay for health insurance? Mm -hmm. How am I going to, I just bought a house in March, like, you know, wild stuff. And, but once I quit literally the Monday after when I started full time officially with Tested HQ, that fear just turned into like hunger. I was like, okay, like I got to get this done now. Like it's time to go, yeah. go, go. And so as much as crazy as the, the, the pandemic world was at the time, like it was just kind of keep your head down and go and try to think of creative ways to deliver your results mm. and deliver your, your product to your customers with the challenges that COVID presented in a lot of ways. So you sort of channeled that fear into more of excitement or hunger or innovation. How can I do this uniquely and uh, specifically to this time that we're living in and and help my customers as they're addressing their own fears and their own issues? Um, and you started connecting with people and it started working for you, apparently. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's wild to me. I mean, I sat down with so many entrepreneurs the summer before I graduated officially went back and 
so many. And I was just, you know, I <laughs> was so afraid to start a business. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like I said, I decided to go back to the corporate world for another year-ish. And uh, actually, Brian, Ring of Ryan Stearns, I, I sat down with him and uh, we were at a bar and I asked him, I was like, you know, because he, he had worked at the same company I had mm -hmm. and had a similar, you know, path to his career. You know, his company started as a side hustle, then he did it full time. And I asked him, I was like, what gave you the confidence? Like, what helped you get over the fear to do the jump? And he told me, he's like, well, he's, you know, I have work experience. I have an MBA. Like, if it doesn't work out, I'll just go get a job. Yeah. And that's something that's kept me grounded this entire time because sure. no matter what happens, it's not like, you know, my life's over at that point. It's just... <laughs> I, but I would have felt cheated for myself if I wouldn't have taken the opportunity when Absolutely. the opportunity was there to go after and try it. Absolutely. And what is it that you hope your customers say about you? That, oh man, uh, so many good things, hopefully. <laughs> but um, I think the number one thing is that we really help them solve their problem. That's, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about solving people's problems, mm -hmm. really helping people. I mean, that's whenever uh, in elementary school, like, um, Whenever people ask me, like, what did I want to do when I grow up? I told, my, told people I want to help people. Like, Love it. I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. So what I look for is authentically and actually solving somebody's problem in a way that they might not have been thinking before, in a way they might not have had the resources to do themselves. That's what I want to be known for is solving people's problems um, and, and helping people kind of, you know, develop a better product or mm -hmm. become a better person or, you know, become a more positive person. That's, that's what I care about in terms of what I want customers to think about with Tested HQ. And here's a very holistic approach there. It's not just about you want to help solve their business problems, but you hope that you have relationships and you make their lives easier, yeah. even in a bigger way, by yeah. bringing in solutions and innovations. For sure. Um, what should I have asked you in this interview that I did not? <sighs> I mean, these are a lot of great questions. We got on pretty much like all the things that I love talking <laughs> about. Um, I don't know if there's much. I mean, touched on the Clemson stuff. Like, I mean, that was such an impactful, like the the, the classmates I met in there and the, the people who, not just the professors who pushed me, but my classmates who pushed me. I'm eternally grateful for those moments. Um, I don't know if there's there's anything else. I mean, you know, the the health journey is a big thing for me. That was something that really put my whole life into perspective and where I'm at now and what continues to drive me. I mean, I can't think of anything really. Um, <laughs> I, really can't I do. Think of I do really appreciate you touching yeah. on the health journey. I yeah. just remembered that about you and how you really came through and yeah. and had to be strong and, and move on. And um, so I just want to thank you for being with me. And I also want to congratulate you on the upcoming wedding this fall. Thank you. It's thank very you. Very exciting yep. and uh, so many good things happening. I know you're you're uh, thrilled with the course of things right now yeah. and. And also, we are so proud of you at the Clemson MBA. So thank you for spending time with me today. I appreciate it. I, you know, would not have rather been anywhere else. This has been <laughs> wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Gail. This episode was produced by 9-8 Central and the Clemson University MBA program, sponsored by the Pfeiffer Innovation Hub. Thanks for listening to The Business of Innovation. Hear more stories at www.clemson.edu slash MBA slash podcast.